API Resilience Podcast. It's our belief that APIs are central in the changing business landscape that has been named digital transformation, and that digital transformation through APIs offers the opportunity for a dramatic shift in how companies can work together and participate in creating value. We've invited guests from many different types of organizations and asked them to share insights from their journeys and their API programs, as well as the challenges, objectives, and approaches as they endeavor to make their companies and communities more resilient. Is there really someone investing that much time in preparation to gain that experience or just want to go on a trip? That's what I can imagine to make this individual part really. But just with one additional consumers, the first we use already brings you the value. And that is something I'm trying to convince. Those guys decided to build a bathroom detection service to deprioritize pictures. And, and that was a really inspiring case. Now let's listen to today's conversation. Hello and welcome to this episode of the API Resilience Podcast. I'm Mark Winberry, co-host with Christoph Van Toma, and today we have a guest from TUI Travel Group, Robin Meissner. Welcome. Um, we're very glad to have you here. And I would like to say that we're talking to Robin uh, and his experiences will include TUI, but you shouldn't take his comments as representing uh, the TUI Group. Uh, Robin is the head of API transformation, uh, which is part of the digital strategy leadership team. So it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast, Robin, and it's a pleasure to meet you. Yeah, great to be here. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the whole audience. And th thank you for joining us. Like thinking thinking about today, I was I was thinking back to that presentation that I saw you giving about like, you know, what are APIs about? And that, that was, yeah, so I'm really excited about, about this talk. I think we can go deep and that's the good stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, so actually I also took away so many things you presenting us um, and, and brought it further. Um, so for example, that I, I really like your stories about uh, affordances. And uh, mm. just last week I had some experience. Now my, my son is four years old. Uh, so he's playing with that uh, brick toys. Uh, I don't say any any grants um, yeah. <laughs> here, but, um, and and he has always, let's say, the the big bricks, uh, which you can't really um, combine that much. So maybe you have this horse and that uh, soldier, yes. and it, it comes together. And now he's just at the age now going for the bricks uh, for the big boys. So really now changing where you with really the small bricks that you can recombine. Uh -huh. And when seeing him doing this, so he had a truck that was before it was just three bricks that uh, formed this trucks and a crane. And now the, this new package has hundreds, 150 maybe. And he's now even talking when he's older, then he will start with techniques. Then it's even more yeah, complicated. Yeah. And I really like this because we often talk about transformation and we often talk about those affordances and we, we moved, let's say, to build modules to have options that really form just those three bricks. But we don't dive deeper or we, we don't change really to be adoptable and to have those 150 bricks. Um, so I really like this. I, I really got this when playing with my son. 
Yeah, very cool, very cool. Because I, I think it was it was similar understanding that I got from your presentation, but like it was a deeper understanding of where the whole store architecture was falling behind or what was it was a good foresight for APIs, but where it was falling behind because it was it was constructed as an integration platform. Yeah, yeah ex exactly like those big bricks, actually. Uh, so I, yeah. I, it seems like we, we learned the same thing yeah. from, from each other's stocks, which is really cool. Yeah, very, very cool. Because before that, I had not fully understood the significance of the change between APIs and so on, because I, I, I wasn't around, like I was... I was still doing CMSs uh, during the SOA, SOA age, or you know, that was fully into yeah, 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 into yeah. Drupal specifically. Yeah, I mean, uh, I even had to ha have this learning by myself. So, looking back at, at the beginning, and I was in that big integration middleware systems with those big CRM and finance commercial of the shelf systems that were integrated to each other, um, and it even worked quite well. Let's say so. When I started, um, I, I was coming from from embedded programming, and we had, let's say, mo most of those protocols that, as a human developer, you never could understand. Maybe even the vendor doesn't allow you to understand what's going over the wire. <laughs> um, and then going for something XML-based as a lingua franca was a really big shift and, and that worked quite well. We did a lot of work um, with, with generation of stub, skeleton, code generation for models even that worked really good. And then there were people, and I, I remember this um, Dilbert uh, where you say, okay, soap is this, can I please get one piece of cake type cake um, at nine o'clock or something uh, or coffee? I think it was about coffee, and then the, the the API, the restful approach is just get coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and I always remember, okay, why that's so valuable to understand um, what someone wants to, what is this type of that, and why do you do do you want to constrain yourself and just have those small information before I really get it's about the consumer experience. Yeah. So that's that's the real real difference. So the value is on delivering, not on telling two hours what you may, might want to exchange. It's on the exchange of that information of that piece of service. Yeah, and that took me really long. I, I think for me, whenever I was learning about soap, there was an implicit promise. Well, I don't even know if it was implicit, but that uh, Wizdles are the self-documenting. Uh, for your web service, you suck in the Wizdal and you have everything you need. And it never worked because it, you have <laughs> includements of hundreds of XSD stuff. It, it didn't work for a lot of reasons, but <laughs> including that. But, you know, something that we've learned in the developer portal business is that the specification is not the end of the documentation it's one aspect of it it's an important aspect of it and presenting it well is important but there's a whole host of documentation that needs to go around that and for me that was the um i always felt like soap kind of broke a promise to me it was the it was the girl that never returned my call um, but i i think what really struck me in 
Uh, so I keep talking about the presentation. And <laughs> so I think I need to expand it a little bit. So I think one of the key concepts for me was this idea that APIs are built so that you would not fail. Trying to help people just to execute their task is kind of like coming to the essence of what, what you want to get done so that it can become more again. It's, it's an interesting concept. I, I think it's essential, especially in companies like, like TUI that has been growing through lots of acquisitions where yeah. you just have so much legacy uh, uh, software. Like uh, we, we talk, often when we talk to companies like TUI that have grown to acquisitions, yeah. it's a lot about how do we, how do we become whole, one whole again from yeah. all these little parts that that we've grown from. And I think this is where and the work of integration started, which was just tying everything together and making it a whole. But I think then the next step is like becoming more than, than an amalgamation of all these parts. And, uh, and I, I, I love that also in the TUI vision, like the platform vision that I've seen that uh, the TUI has been putting out. Uh, it's, it's a very, very clear idea of this is how we can go beyond um, just being a collection of businesses. And here, here we can really add value and create something new uh, that can be something much bigger than the parts that it's forming through digital transformation. Yeah, that, that is quite important, I think, because just that integration piece of work or that one-to-one -one connection, that doesn't always allow you, or in many cases, um, allow you additional value just uh, by its own. Because, I mean, you have some one-to-one -one connectivity and you cannot achieve this in many ways. But just with one additional consumer, so the first reuse already brings you the value. And that is mm -hmm. something I'm trying, let's say, to, to talk to people and convince that it's sometimes worse to spend those 20% for a better uh, user experience, less friction, because you you will see additional partners, you will see additional situations. Um, we have still very regional and source market specific business. So of course, we also want to form, build up a new integrated platform, a new central global delivery. But sometimes building that generic thing, that generic thing machine uh, just does not work. And why not maybe having two services for different markets? And then um, it's, it's about reuse and it's not just one-to-one -one, uh, integration. And coming back to that story, yeah, I think that was the most exciting and most um, convincing thing, uh, talking, talking to our former um, CTO and, and, and my boss, um, our CDO, our chief digital officer, about our technology vision, our so-called ABC. So we're really focusing uh, on using technology for our digital transformation, but it's not only about technology. And yeah, that is also a learning from, from the API program that you really need to foster this vision and you really need to think where you want to be in five years time, really know where to go. And then it's easier, let's say, to take the people on, on, on that journey because it is a difficult journey. That's one of the consistent things that we've heard from guests on this podcast is the importance of creating the vision and telling the story within the organization that you have to get the organization on board and that they do it with stories, with storytelling. That's one of the reasons I like 
doing the podcast because uh, <laughs> we get you know, to tell the stories. We're, we're sharing <laughs> yeah. stories with people, yeah, which helps exactly. them craft their stories, yeah. and uh, that's one I, I think is very valuable. And at, at the same time, it's it's about knowing where you're going, but at the same time, your destination should be it should be a platform. It should be something that enables you rather than that yeah. constrains you. Yeah, exactly. and I, and I think that's the really hard part. The real benefit of API, especially for businesses like TUI, I think, is that it enables local innovation yeah. while still reusing massively on a on a, on a interregional scale. Every market, especially in Europe, I think we are blessed and cursed with the small markets um, <laughs> and its expectations uh, yes. of, of yes. our customers. Exactly. Yes. Uh, which which means that it's it's much harder for arrivals to come to enter in our markets and to be successful because every single market is just a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it also creates more e ecosystem niches where um, new innovation can grow up. But at the same time, it's much harder to to grow like to whale size. Yeah, it's yeah. a kind of chicken and egg. Yeah. And I, I wonder, I wonder if if this is going to turn into an advantage for us in the European market uh, because it it forces us to be more innovative or it forces us to be more adaptive. I think possibly, maybe I don't know. Maybe this is a hypothesis. We should maybe check. <laughs> like, does does these market niches and all these different circumstances that we need to adapt to does that force us to build better platforms that can be better adapted to different? instances local instances or is it actually hindrance and does it take away our ability to compete i'm, I'm wondering about that i mean the question is how uniform we want to hear yeah, our customers to be in the mm. future because that's what you can see with the big platforms they try to uh, make uh, the people less unique anymore because they all try to get the same kind of services, which we mostly not necessarily like in Europe, uh -huh. because we, we are quite regional. We, we have, let's say, maybe a, a very long culture and, and history of regional specific things. And that's sometimes quite difficult because, I mean, we, we have different types of meals we have different uh ad advantage and different just in the travel industry i mean that the expectations is, is so different but that's that's a good point um to grow this to an advantage actually this brings me to something that i've been thinking about just recently is 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 what we are doing here because APIs are born from a very strict utilitarian perspective. It's all about efficiencies and yeah. uh, enabling of business. And, and it's very much focused and centered in, in the commercial realm and yeah. the corporate realm. Yeah, yeah. But I, I wonder if there is also a personal realm uh, of self-expression that is going to come at the tail end of this. Is, is this a new medium for, for personal expression also? Mm. And and I wonder, because there is the power of APIs in, in their enablement, there is the possibility to, just like cloud computing enabled millions of small startups that could really quickly innovate and, and do new things that otherwise would not have been possible. Um, maybe there's, there's still more that is going to come at the tail end of this. That's it's quite interesting thoughts is this everyone becomes his own influencer maybe. Um, 
yeah, by by enabling to share stories, to share home stories about yeah. the best time in your in your year, about your holidays, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think it's about the experiences that we can craft because right yeah. now, basically, what we do with APIs is that we are creating building blocks that can be. Um, used to facilitate the creation of a new experience. Yeah. And if you think about it, art is also about the creation of experiences. It's about triggering uh, new insights in people and, mm. and trying to transform how they think uh, based on, on new innovation and new technologies that are out there. But I, I don't know. It's, it's like um, there was this book. It was about how new technologies, new mediums always started as like a grassroots thing where you know the everybody like yeah. there was like some some local people doing the radio yeah. thing yeah and it, this happened with the internet also but this feels that this this transformation is different because it's actually starting in the corporate world i don't think that api started i don't think there's examples of that in in the personal world really so it, this is a different medium yeah i'm very far off <laughs> i'm <laughs> Um, the reason why I'm asking this is because um, actually I'm working on um, on a presentation for DevRelCon Tokyo that I need to submit later today. <laughs> and I was thinking about this, like how can you create a personal expression? Mm-hmm. One of the things that really that I'm really worried about is how technology is being used to take away our agency and it's mm-hmm. just yeah, to yeah. completely scatter our our uh, attention it's just frightening i think how if you look around like there's all these devices and they're all out for your attention hyper connectivity but no human intervention interaction there's no more time to to really think or to to uh, it's just you're constantly reacting to to what's happening to you and i wonder if there is a way for technology to help with this also like right now it's exacerbating the problem, but I think maybe if we would be able to create personal experiences, yeah. but the low no code promises this to some extent, but not, not necessarily. I, I mean, there's, there's a lot like this, if this, then that, I mean, yeah. but you still need to have some kind of technical background or at least. Yeah. And it's also utilitarian yeah. still. It's uh, like there was the, the, the mashups almost a decade ago. Yeah, it was yeah. like the, the, the wave of the mashups that were, yeah, yeah. and that was kind of interesting for a while. And there was, there's been some, some artworks, you could almost say, that were like mashups, mm. digital artworks. Now, anyway, it's, it's probably <laughs> a, a tangent. <laughs> um, Honestly, I never thought about this. It's an interesting point. My feeling is, especially when it comes to something like travel, is is there really someone investing that much time in preparation to gain that experience or just want to go on a trip and have some additional experience or some additional package? So that, that's what I can imagine to, to make this individual part really to to plan it individually, uh, combine different locations and, and all that stuff. And I'm, I'm always thinking I'm, I'm a water guy, let's say. Mm-hmm. So not only going for a trip uh, with, with booking a hotel or something, but maybe going there and then rent a boat 
in the yeah, yeah, yeah. tea and uh, <laughs> you never know when you when you arrive let's say so maybe i will go for two weeks or maybe three weeks um yeah. to, to have this kind of experience um i don't know but maybe artists don't create experiences for themselves they create experiences yeah, for other right. people like how could you as an organization how could you enable travel artists to create um travel experiences that that are going to be transformative and that yeah. are um, that, that goes beyond blogging just yeah yes like how how can you uh, turn it into something that if you put all the pieces together it transcends the combination of the parts and it becomes something yeah. that that really transforms people because i think people for a big extent or maybe not everybody maybe people just want to have a break also but mm -hmm. um but i think some people do travel to to be transformed yeah and i think this probably this could really well fit with the you see some of this already in um ecotourism and things like that it's like one single experience and everything is built by one one group of people but maybe there's ways to create composed experiences where you combine these different parts together and maybe meet new persons yes Yes. Kind of social traveling. I wonder. That would also require a different way of of looking at it. I, I think that's what, what is happening. And and uh, like we, uh, this is something new since we last talked. I, I keep telling this story and we had it on several of the other podcasts uh, about uh, Bank in Belgium, KBC. They did on their, on their developer portal, they have business solutions and developer solutions mm -hmm. and developer solutions are the apis but the business solutions is basically you know building blocks that business developers mm -hmm. can use to create experiences for other people and this is part of this whole low no code movements where mm -hmm. we're trying to democratize the uh, these abilities uh, to tune into the yeah. the digital highway system to to, to do something yeah. I, i think it would be very interesting to think about what are the business models that that enables and are there maybe like a micro business kind of like the the long tail of experience design that's maybe a possibility as a, as a cultural expression that could come out of this uh, and then also like what is going to be the industry that enables it i think to some extent this is also what one of your competitors airbnb when they they had next to the lodging that they offered that they also started offering these experiences i've never taken any of them so i don't know how how it goes but i know yeah neither. yeah <laughs> but it's fascinating to read the stories like uh, the, yeah, the yeah, mush yeah. truffle hunting in the in toscany and and <laughs> it just it sounds very fascinating for if i would have a bit more time or something but maybe if you could string things like that together into uh, something that becomes more meaningful and that more valuable as a whole would be interesting. So, yeah. mm -hmm. so my fear is this all is kind of subsidizing uh, your platform business. So you're trying to move maybe consumers from one aspect of social media or something to then your new platforms mm -hmm. um, by piggybacking them. Um, I don't know if there is something really successful in a business model just by enabling this kind of personal expression. I'm not mm. aware on it. 
Uh, but I, I really like the idea. I mean, the natural step to start with is more engaging with third parties and then engaging with typically those garage developers or startups to yeah, build better experiences. But really let uh, your, your customers, your consumers um, develop those experiences. It's an interesting aspect. I don't know about the business uh, or the business model. Because right, right now, it's like we are breaking the experiences apart because we yeah. used to have these big packages that you would buy and then yeah, you know yeah. you, you were you were on for the egypt trip and yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you just followed you, you get you get the list of activities half yes. a year before yes <laughs> with the time schedules yes the bus comes yeah i know and it was just really a mass a mass produced thing and it feels like now it's being broken apart it is um yeah. And uh, there's big disintermediation happening, but it, there's always like the swing back. Like, how do we build it back together to create something that is going to be innovative and and then also at the same time um, valuable for from a business perspective, and still easy consumable. Yes, for a user. The danger of the breaking apart is that uh, it becomes really hard to consume, as you said. Like, is there really anybody who wants to go and do all this work yeah. planning their trip? Like it's it's um like in, in Japanese manga, they, they often like, you know, your first date, you have this booklet with like first we're gonna go there and then we're gonna do that. And yeah. it's like, is there anybody that plans their trips? Like no, there are people that do that, but I know. But I'm not that person. Yeah. I yeah. think it's 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 Goldilocks, it's it's somewhere in between. So you you set the borders and you know what you want to to do let's say so you select and that's something i learned um we're talking about digital but there are still many people going for the agencies and they're really well trained by asking you three or five questions uh -huh. what you would like to do and then they find a really good matching travel experience I mean, yeah. of course, you might codify this, um, but it's still something different. Um, going in the shop, talking to someone, and he's telling you the question, then a bot is doing the same, and you select some multi-choice answers. Yeah. And then, then there's maybe some extent, and that's, let's say, some of our stories. Um, so so then you, you have the package, let's say, uh -huh. um, and... This you extend with with some additional ancillaries. Um, you you rent maybe a car for parts of of your trip, going somewhere else. Um, maybe you you have additional visits, something completely off the record. Let's say so you have some beach holidays, but mm -hmm. you decide um, to have a part uh, cultural visiting uh, the, the old cities or something. Um, I think that is something natural that's coming to make this more in individual, but not to have 1000 choices just from the start. Yes, this is the eternal question, because as humanity, we've been very good at standardizing stuff. So like if you if you look at our diet, it's like, so yeah. we have potatoes. So we have a few of these staple things. Like we've got potatoes, we've got a few vegetables. Actually, we've been narrowing them down like crazy. Like we, we, we only really have like carrots and some yeah. and like cabbages. There's like, it's just one species and we have like 20 of them. Or So we, we've been very good at creating these platforms <laughs> that narrow complexity yeah. Yeah. and then make this fake complexity on top. And this is, this is very similar how... Um, 
often like in, in the fast food industry yeah. is basically it's very, very limited number of ingredients. And then we just add some fake taste yeah. yeah. toppings yeah. Yeah. to it yeah. 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 To, to make it like a little bit more personal. And it feels that that is, uh, or at least for me personally, I just, I don't like that at all. I like, I like yeah. Yeah, products I that have inherent complexity that are yeah, diverse. It's, it's, it's uh, kind of artificial if, if you yes. have something like this. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like um, in the US, and this is probably for you, Mark, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, you know, like every crossroad you'll pass the same restaurants and it's, it's just, you, you know, you, you, you land on the East coast, it looks the same. If you land on the West coast, like if, if you're, unless you go in uh, like really outside of the big cities, there's so many things except for in the real center where there's still some authenticity, but like the suburbs, it's all the same. Is it just me? I, or or the, folks, at least I, the folks yeah. in Jersey and the folks in California <laughs> are uh, picking up knives right now. So thank you. Chris. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> um, so it's not waffle time. <laughs> so um, when when you're talking about disintermediation and and uh, you know trying to deliver these this range of experiences, two thoughts spring to mind for me. Is one is that you're always trying to add more value. And to do that, you typically are trying to go up the value chain. And so under, understanding your value chain is very important. And then uh, recognizing that the people that you work with, if they're below you in the value chain, they're trying to work up into your space as well. And this is to be expected and to be anticipated and perhaps even embraced. And to me, one of the opportunities that, that, that I thought of based on what you were talking about in terms of uh, crafting these experiences is the opportunity to, through an API program perhaps, uh, offer the same kind of small customizations that Christoph was just kind of prodding some fun at. Uh, I would actually take, uh, take a different view from you, Christoph, on that. I think that the number of choices that has been created that are real choices, there are definitely a whole host of choices that, that fit within your fake um, mm -hmm. category of uh, fake choices of 20 cabbages. Um, but red cabbage is different. Um, <laughs> if, if you look at the volume of choices and what people have to choose from in the supermarket, it, it's, it's insane the amount of choices. In everything that we do, the move from the industrial age with mass production of, you know, Henry Ford was famous for saying, you can have any color you want so long as it's black. And, um, you know, he sold Model Ts like crazy because uh, they were all the same and it was easy to produce. And now we see people moving towards a batch size of one and on-demand batch size of one. And that is possible through digital technologies, through the information systems that we use. And I think that that's a really critical thing for people to be thinking about in terms of their API programs is you're trying to enable a batch size of one that's customized for an individual. 
And so if I think about the tours that you were talking about, the ability for maybe not TUI or Airbnb, Airbnb is doing it. They're, they're, they're not uh, producing these individual things. They're allowing people to sell them and the user is kind of picking them all cart. But say for instance, if you're running a tour bus, uh, wouldn't it be nice if you have a niche service and you could connect with TUI and say, when this tour bus comes to town, uh, the tourists, instead of doing the same thing on this day, they're going to scatter. And I would like to offer people this niche. And it may be one person on the bus that takes, takes that up. But in that way, you're adding value to the user. You're creating connection. And no, that, that's exactly the point, um, especially in, in going forward to some multi-sided platform approach where you both can share value, let's say, by creating additional value, but shared with, with your partners or with, as you said, some, some startups, niche players. I think that is the thing that will be then beneficial um, because I still believe that some for some extent, people would like to have a standard approach. So they would like to know, I now have this travel and this travel company, and this is how it looks like. So of course, there are the people going with a tent and uh, through the mountains, but there are many people that need to know, okay, that is how the buffet looks like, and that's what I get. Mm -hmm. um, you know, something you just said is, uh... I keep saying I'm going to write about this and I, I, I want to write about this. And that is, uh, to me, a successful API program is created whenever uh, new value is created that is not not owned just by the API provider or the API consumer. There's value that stands in between them. It's a different kind of value than has been created in the past. It's the kind of value that co uh, cooperation uh, enables that's different than competitive transactional value. And, and you even uh, might not not know about this in upfront. So it just mm -hmm. maybe appears. Yes. I'm going to take it from you, Christoph. But Christoph often asks the question, uh, have you been surprised by somebody's application of your technology through your API program? Because if, if people are surprising you, then they're discovering affordances and creating value and unlocking value that was previously not there. For people who are trying to get their company on board with digital transformation and, and funding the program, it's very easy for uh, the C-suite to be looking for, you know, the return on investment and, you know, wanting some uh, KPIs and some metrics about this. And one of those metrics could be, did someone do something that was completely unexpected and out of the box? I, I came from uh, a background before Drupal and before uh, working at Pronovix uh, with uh, the API programs and developer portals. I got a long history in digital mapping. And we had, uh, at one company, we had a suite of location-based services. I was n never ceased to amaze me 
this was this was kind of during the dot com uh, first bubble. Um, but the, the things that people would come up with to use our location services, we already had a big vision about what people, you know, were going to do. But people started doing crazy stuff. It still inspires me today to think about the stuff that people built because they had an idea and we had APIs and they started combining them in crazy ways to do crazy things. A simple example is that there was a group called Cybercrops and Cybercrops was trying to help farmers maximize selling their crop based on travel time. So if you could get a better price for it, uh, a little bit further away, it was worth doing. And if you got l less for it locally, it might be the right choice because it, it costs too much to transport. And so they enabled this kind of service and it was, uh, it was an application that no one else was thinking of. I can tell you a story. So what we did to try to innovate, we also have those kinds of hackathons where we gather people together, just use some of those existing stuff we had. And, and one of the applications in one of, of those APIs and applications around it that they built up was about some image recognition. So Typically, you when when you want to book um, some accommodations, um, you have the locations. You get pictures from the inside, from the outside, from the area, from the locations. But uh, you have also those picture bases where those people just um, upload their own stuff, their own content from their own um, holidays. So those guys decided to build a bathroom detection service to deprioritize uh, pictures of, let's say, not that nice looking bathrooms <laughs> <laughs> and hide it from, from the content somehow. And, and that was a really inspiring case um, for me and also for us. So we tried then to include this into our content management systems um, to really use some, some AI uh, image recognition algorithms uh, to, to find, let's say, the best pictures or to filter and remove those that are maybe not that inspiring for, for travel users. Interesting. That is interesting. And I think that that's always the, the kind of stories you're looking forward to, um, to embrace, um, to have those killer applications you not um, anticipated before. So I, I really believe in this and um, that's what we now want to try to establish, let's say, build the necessary interfaces and APIs um, to deal with, to play around and open it step by step um, yeah, to partners or to maybe some joint venture startups uh, to play around with it. But it's it's not always easy coming, let's say, from, from uh, classic enterprises uh, to yeah, establish this kind of thinking, of course because it's all about protecting the brand and uh, yeah, avoiding risks. Uh, but innovation and disruption is also a little bit about taking some risks. And yeah. I, I think that um, probably actually one of the biggest values that you add on top of the services that are flowing through your network is, is the brand value, is, the, is this experience up to the TUI standards? And um, are we comfortable selling this on our network? What, what can people expect when they, when they choose to take this experience? Uh, probably yeah, that's, that's exactly. one, of, one of the key things, yeah. 
I'm going to think more about personal travel experiences. Uh, and, and maybe maybe that can be like one of our two episodes then <laughs> if we break this one up. Um, but I would also love to hear a little bit more about the, the transformation story at TUI. We had much more to talk to Robin about than we had time for in one episode. So we're splitting the episodes into two parts. Please stay tuned for our next episode with Robin Meissner from TUI Group. He's going to get into more of the management of an API program in the next episode. It's our hope that you're encouraged by today's story and picked up some insights that will help you navigate your digital transformation and make your API program more successful. If you have questions or feedback on the podcast, we invite you to email us at info at Thanks for listening.